Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host again this week, Matt Price. With me, as always, are Dan Myler and Ryan McDowell. We're going to skip the pleasantries this week, fellas, because last week with the quarterback tiers, uh, it, it went longer than I thought it was. So we need to get through 24 running backs today and tier them for our listeners. So we're going to jump right into it and start with our tier one. We, uh, we actually all completely agree on tier one. We've got, all got five guys in there. Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott. A little bit different order for those guys for, for some of us. Uh, I guess just for me, you guys have, the, have them in the exact order. Dan, uh, what, uh, what makes you put Elliott slightly above Christian McCaffrey? Well, I, you know, both you're really nitpicking when you're talking about this tier in, in yeah. general. And I originally, when we started talking about this and, and putting things together a couple of weeks ago, I thought for quite a long time that I might put Barkley and Gurley in their own tier all by themselves. There's... There's a slight difference between those guys and the next group. But the more we talked last week about how, you know, moving within a tier and trading down in a tier to get something, the the difference wasn't enough that I thought I'd be asking for a massive piece or something that would, would make a drastic change to, to a team. So I decided to lump those guys together. Uh, if, if you remember back, just six weeks ago or so, I was the guy on the podcast here that was still, uh, still had Gurley above Barkley. And, you know, maybe it's a little recency bias with the injury to Gurley and, and, you know, maybe it's what, uh, CJ Anderson has done in his stead, seeing another back be successful there. It's not just all Gurley there. They have a nice offensive line and, and a lot of good things happening there. But it was enough to make me feel like Barkley would be the the top pick for me if we if we had a startup. Really, you're like I said, you're you're splitting hairs if you're trying to to decipher between who's three, who's four, and who's five. They're all in a really nice group, and whether you get Kamara, Elliott, or McCaffrey after those top two, uh, I think you're going to be really happy with with the player you get. So I, I've been thinking about this quite a bit today as we prep for the show and guys I know you remember last week we talked about Patrick Mahomes and if he deserved his own tier as the QB1 with with none of the other quarterbacks and now even though Matt you said we all agree on the on the top five here in that top tier I'm starting to question if Barkley is in the same situation if you look at current DLF ADP not only is Barkley the top player overall but he has that 1.0 ADP he went first in every single mock draft that we did this month is there enough of a difference between Barkley and these other four guys that just like Mahomes maybe he should have his own tier 
For, for me, I don't think so. I, I, the way I have these guys tiered is that I think all five of these guys are elite producers, and any one of them in any given year, I think, could finish as the running back one overall. Uh, that, that's how I kind of set it up with these fives, where whereas my next tier, I don't necessarily feel that same way about them. And we know that we know that about half, or sometimes even more than half, of the top ten in running backs, uh, it changes every single year, right? Uh, but these are the five guys that I feel very confident that. Unless an injury strikes, or for or, or maybe uh, for some reason Cam Newton doesn't play uh, all season long, you know maybe there's some extenuating circumstances that could happen. But in a normal situation, I don't see any of these guys, these five guys, finishing outside of that running back one tier. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I understand Barkley is. I mean, from a value standpoint, I think he is far away from all these guys. I think you could probably you know find somebody in your league that might swap you uh, Barkley for Gurley. Uh, I think that is definitely something that could happen. I don't think you could probably swap Barkley for Kamara, McCaffrey, or Elliott. However, if I did have Barkley, I would not have a problem swapping any of these guys out for him if I could get you know a decent uh, decent sugar on top. I guess if I could get uh, uh, you know a late first round on top of one of these guys to swap to Barkley, I, I feel like I would probably do that. Do you guys feel similar? Yeah, I'm, I feel similarly. And Ryan, going back to your point. What really stuck out to me when when I was considering, you know, making Barkley and Gurley that top tier and, and had even thought about just putting Barkley up there by himself as well is that every time I thought about it, I thought about oh, all those touchdowns Gurley has posted. He's done it consistently now over a couple of seasons. And, you know, we should value that. And while there's a little less tread on the tires, maybe because of the wear and tear that he's taken the last few years, that offense, all those things, it, it just felt like Gurley should be in there. And then you move down the list and go to Kamara and you, and you start thinking about how Ingram might not be there next year and the, the added workload that he could get and, and all the specialty things that he does. And then there was part of me that said, maybe it's a tier of three on the top and then a tier of two. And by the time I got through the entire list and you know you get through Elliott and then McCaffrey with everything that he did, especially this past year in his sophomore season, you, you just like... Man, they they're all so special that it feels like they belong together. And then Matt, what you said about if you're holding Barkley and somebody comes to you with Kamara, if if you're getting enough on top of Kamara, it's not it's not a crazy notion to make that trade. Um, maybe maybe you need way too much. Maybe some guys out there would, but like you said, if it was late first or that kind of value, you might make that swap. So I'm. I think where we have it now is comfortable. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit different than the Mahomes situation, whereas I think you could legitimately say that Mahomes is worth, you know, one and a half to two times the value of any other quarterback, uh, you, know, you know, that we would met maybe think about putting up in that first tier with him. Whereas with, with Barkley, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's like 1.2x or something like that. These are obviously very scientific numbers I'm throwing out here right now. But I just don't think the gap between Barkley and these other guys are, are uh, you know, as quite as big as Mahomes to, to, to the rest of the pack there. So uh, anything else with this first tier, Ryan? No, I'm just glad we finally agree on something. <laughs> hey, you know, people like it when we don't agree. So that maybe they maybe they're not going to like this. Maybe they do think Barkley belongs in the zone. Uh, but so we that's easy. We can write down our first consensus, first tier consensus right now with these five. Uh, but let's talk about tier two. We do have a little bit of differing opinions here. Um, so like I said, tier one are, are my guys that I feel rock solid about. These are the elite producers. I feel like any one of them could finish as running back one. Tier two are guys that I feel very good about too, very strongly that these that these three guys are going to be in very good situations in 
2019 and beyond. Uh, uh, but just quite aren't, aren't quite up to the standard of these top five guys. So for me, that's Melvin Gordon at six, Joe Mixon at seven, and Nick Chubb at eight. Ryan's got Chubb, Gordon, Mixon, and has thrown David Johnson in there. And Dan has uh, those four I just mentioned for Ryan plus Le'Veon Bell. So let's start with Dan here um, and talk about maybe the two that uh, you don't have that I have in there, and that's David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, and really it goes back to past production and and everything they've done in the past, sans the 2018 season where, of course, Bell wasn't there and and Johnson might as well not have been with with that offense and all the stuff going on in Arizona. I I think I – and more likely to give David Johnson a little bit of a pass for his 2018 compared to a lot of dynasty owners, you know, that they had multiple play callers, a rookie quarterback, an offensive line that was just a mess. And, you know, to really look at that offense and and feel like you can come away with any guarantees or any 100%, you know, come come away feeling like you you really uh, have a good feel for any player on that offense, I think might be a mistake. And what we've seen from David Johnson in the past is, at least in my opinion, is the real David Johnson. Now, the injury from a couple of years ago that, you know, it wasn't one of those knee injuries where you feel really bad about how that might linger and and affect the player going forward. Um, it really goes back to just that offense and, and how poor it was and how poorly handled everything in Arizona was for about 18 months there. And now hopefully they get back on track. Uh, that young quarterback gets a little bit more experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced of the new coach there. But I think we can at least all say that David Johnson's going to get his touches and they're going to get creative and find ways to get their best player the ball. I don't know if that was necessarily the case a year ago. And then with Le'Veon Bell, he's only hanging on to the bottom of that tier two for me because we don't know where he's going to play next year. And the potential for him to get into one of those offenses that are going to use him as that bell cow running back, that guy that, you know, catches the ball out of the backfield, just like he did in Pittsburgh, that that still reigns supreme for me. And, and, you know, it's not like he's so old that he couldn't jump right in and have a couple elite years, uh, the same types of years he's had in the past. And, and, you know, the types of numbers that we're seeing from Barkley and Gurley and those guys we just talked about. Bell is only a few months away, really, from being back on a football field and potentially putting up those numbers. So I had a hard time moving him all the way down outside of my top 10 and especially outside that second tier of guys that you really feel good about putting in your lineup as your RB1. Yeah, so I guess the I guess Bell was actually the only player that Dan and I disagreed on in this tier, I believe. Uh, for me, it's just too many questions with him as far as where is he going to be playing? Uh, how How is this year off going to impact him? Uh, honestly, at this point, I I don't trust him to to be a player that has stayed in shape and, and been diligent about, you know, those workout habits throughout this this season that he sat out. Uh, unfortunately, it, it seems like he's been more focused on certainly on off-field stuff. So for for me there's just too many questions for uh surrounding Bell to keep him in that tier with Chubb, Gordon, Mixon uh, and even DJ after his down year. 
I feel the same about Bell in terms of questions, but I also feel like that with David Johnson just based on that offense. Uh, I know we've got Cliff Kingsbury coming in. Ryan, I'm going to put you on a little bit of a spot here, and Dan, if you have input, uh, feel free to contribute as well. I know all about uh, Kingsbury's role with developing quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes and developing this, this passing offense, but do you guys have anything to add about what he's done with uh, with his running backs in the past? Yeah, on, honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, you're definitely putting me on the spot. That's okay, though. Um <laughs> But, I mean, really, I'm just looking at it as as a matter of it can't be worse than last year. We trust the talent with David Johnson. Certainly hope Rosen can improve in his second year and, and that offense overall. I mean, I think we've talked about it on here a few weeks ago when, when those moves were made. You have to question the Kingsbury hire based on his experience, based on not even necessarily being a standout in the Big 12. Uh, so that's that's not a uh, not a move I can fully support at this point. But what we saw last year was just a disaster. I, I can't imagine it's much worse than that. That's fair. Uh, I could be convinced to move David Johnson up if Dan can be convinced to move Le'Veon Bell down. Yeah, I could make that up. trade. And, and, you know, really the reason why is I, I feel like and I think we're going to get to this, I feel like with the third tier, we start talking about those guys that have that upside, the the guys we feel good about and really want on our teams, but maybe, you know, just not, we don't feel so great as to be that RB1, that guy you can build a team around. And, you know, with what Ryan said about Bell, and, you know, obviously that all holds true, Going back to what I said earlier, the thing that really stuck out to me with Bell is that, you know, we're talking about truly elite upside. And, you know, maybe if we can all agree that that still exists with Bell and, and that he still has the upside to be among this tier and maybe even that the lower end of that tier one for at least a couple more years, I guess then I could, could be swayed into moving him down to tier three. I think the interesting thing with Bell is if you think about these four teams that keep popping up as potential landing spots for him, uh, we're looking at a 50-50 situation. If if it's the Colts, that, that feels like a, a home run. If it's the Bucks, same thing with Bruce Arians. The Raiders and the Jets are two other teams that are routinely mentioned as possible landing spots. And if those are the teams he he ends up with I won't feel so great about that and then I think I think it was last week that he uh, Bell himself mentioned Miami as a possible option that would be uh, another scary one <laughs> uh, yes yeah that's that's a nice way to say it I I think we all want him to just land with the Eagles right or I, or I guess I guess you could say the Colts depending on how you feel about Mac, but I think Eagles seems to be the, the team that has the most interest that we would want him to go to at this point. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, actually. I wouldn't either. Actually, the ones that Ryan mentioned, the okay. the Colts, even with Mac there, there's a clear difference between Marlon Mack, and I'm a big fan of him, and Le'Veon Bell. And then that Bruce Arians connection with the Buccaneers seems really, really interesting to me that he could potentially go down there and get into an office with a lot of other weapons already in place and play a similar role to what he did in Pittsburgh over the last handful of seasons. Yeah, I, I just wonder 
I wonder if he would even be interested in Philadelphia. Like, I think he might want to get out of that state altogether. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Not, not That might be bad for him, though. Bad for his football career, but it may be good for his rap career. That's true. Miami. Miami, <laughs> Miami's the landing spot. <laughs> uh, okay, since I was going to save this question for the end, but since we're here, uh, any of these Tier 2 guys that we have, uh, of, of the ones that we have in this tier, which one do you, would you say is the, the most likely to jump into Tier 1 after 2019? Oh, there's a couple really good candidates, really. I, I'm, I'm kind of torn between Jill Mixon and, and Nick Chubb myself uh, because, because that offense in Cleveland – looks so good in the second half of the season compared to the first half. And, and they have the young quarterback in Mayfield that is spreading the ball out, making big plays. I think maybe I lean towards Chubb over Joe Mixon because in on the other side of the state and in Cincinnati, we all know that's kind of been a dumpster fire for, for years. And it's hard to trust anybody to take that leap into elite status. So I guess I would lean towards Chubb with, with Mixon being the next guy. It seems to me that Melvin Gordon is a tier two running back for, for life kind of Um, up or up or down. (laughs) He's going to move within that tier, but it's hard to see him making that, that jump among those top five that we, we talked about earlier. I don't know necessarily why that is because he puts up the numbers. He, he gets all the workload. It's just, he's seen in a different light amongst the dynasty community, I think. I totally agree. It would it would be Chubb for me, uh, and it would be I guess between Chubb and Mixon. But w- honestly, even though Mixon's been in the in the league longer, I think we've seen more consistent production from Chubb since he's uh, been in that starter's role. He's going to have the continuity with the coaching staff, which Mixon won't. We we can assume that the coaching hire they uh, are, are expected to make with Zach Taylor is going to be beneficial, hopefully for the entire offense, but for Mixon and, and AJ Green, their top guys, but not enough for, for me to boost him above Nick Chubb. Yeah, we, we all agree there then. I, I Honestly, if, if someone told me Chubb was in their top tier right now, I wouldn't argue too much with them. The only thing that he really lacks, I think, that those top five guys do is, is you know, a, a multiple years of, of, produ- of production at this point. You know, he's, he's only got the one, oh, I guess really even like the three quarters of a season. Um, so we want to see him do it again before I would put him up there. But I, I could see someone wanting to have him up there. Um, all right, so Tier 1, pretty easy. We got our five guys, Barkley, Gurley, Kamara, McCaffrey, and Elliott. Our Tier 2 is Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and I moved David Johnson up there, and Dan moved Le'Veon, Bound, Le'Veon Bell down to 3. So let's move on to Tier 3. My Tier 3 uh, is Dalvin Cook. I had DJ there, now in the two for the consensus. Uh, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, and Aaron Jones. Ryan's a little bit bigger with Connor, Cook, Bell, Aaron Jones, Carrion, Johnson, uh, Darius Geis, Sony Michelle, Leonard Fournette, and surprise, Kareem Hunt. Dan has Dalvin Cook, James Connor, Philip Lindsay, Aaron Jones, Carrion Johnson, Darius Geis, Sony Michelle, and Leonard Fournette. So I guess I'll start off with Fournette, fellas, because he's the one that isn't in my tier three. Uh, I guess there's a couple of them, but tier three for me definitely doesn't include Fournette. In fact, he's all the way down in my final tier. So uh, feel free to talk about any of these guys that you want, Ryan, but I'm specifically interested on why you still value Fournette this highly. Well, I, I mean, I, I still believe in the talent. I, I'm definitely concerned about the injuries. I mean, th- there's 
reasons to be concerned, but um, in the end, he's, he's got that starter job locked up. I think if you go much further, much further, basically to the next tier, I think there's questions about some of those guys, even holding a starter's role. So maybe for me, maybe that's a key difference between tier three guys and tier four, but in the end, I'm just just not quite ready to give up on him yet. Yeah, I'm not going to give up on him either because he, he's the best player on the team and that offense is going to be built around him. I, like you said, Ryan, you believe in the talent. He Just because he's not a pass catcher doesn't make him not an elite runner. Uh, nobody wants to tackle that guy. And the injuries are a concern and have definitely slowed him down even when he has been on the field at times. But it feels like he's a guy when healthy – that is an elite running back, not not pass catcher and, and probably not any kind of third down work. But between the tackles, I don't know if there's a lot of runners that are that can, you know, run over defensive tackles and, and linebackers in the hole like Leonard Fournette's can. So the, the thing that always brings me back to him, and, and this tier is built around players that you still want on your team, that still have a lot of upside, and you, uh, you really feel good about them being your running back too. Leonard Fournette is one of those guys. Again, he's the best player on that team, and they're going to build that offense around him, and I want those kind of guys that are going to get that kind of opportunity as my running back too. That's that's fair. I just I just don't see the production. I don't see that team being that good. I see if they go get Nick Foles, is that really going to help out the passing offense and Leonard and Leonard Fournette uh, uh, by by uh, uh, association because of of opening up the passing offense? I just see a guy that isn't able to do much unless he gets a touchdown for fantasy down the stretch. You know, actually uh, the entire season, not a single one hundred yard game. One t- one one game with two touchdowns, a couple more with one touchdown, and I mean, if you played him in the pl- in the playoffs, he probably hurt you pretty bad. Week fourteen, two and a half yards a carry. Week sixteen, two point three nine yards a carry. I know yards per carry isn't you know a stat that we really rely on at all, so I probably shouldn't even throw it out there. But it just seems like a guy who's not going to be productive in an offense that even if it's built around him, I feel like he's a volume play, and, and that's what you're going to get. And if you get 50 yards like you're going to get most weeks and, and no touchdowns you're going to be really sad so I haven't been able to get him up that far I don't know if we're going to agree on this one fellas I might be able to bring up a, a tier or two but I don't know if I can get him all the way to tier three. well to be fair Ryan and I both have Fournette on the bottom part of our our tier three that is fair uh right. and out to- outside the top 15 or 16 running backs so so we're going to find a little bit of common ground there I think the guy that sticks out to me here Matt is Philip Lindsay and, and you've been a Lindsay fan in the past uh Ryan has I, I guess spread a little bit of shade over Lindsay especially in the last month or so uh I'm easily the highest guy I have him all the way up at 13 and one of the guys that I'm building this tier around and, and going back to what we said about what we like about this tier and what why guys fall into the tier three running back twos that you feel really good about on your roster Lindsay's an obvious choice for that for me and, and you went through some of the names there Matt it seems like Lindsay and Aaron Jones are similar players to me even Connor and Cook uh, we went through Carrion Johnson. These guys all fall into the same um, under the same umbrella for sure. And I think it's interesting that Lindsey falls out of the out of tier three and into tier four for both of you guys. Uh, yeah, I've, I feel like I've kind of spoken my piece on Lindsey, but still some for me some concerns with the size. 
concerns with the wrist injury. It sounds like he's going to miss most of the offseason work with that. Uh, hopefully does not carry over uh, into preseason or anything like that. Uh, but also concerns about a, a change in the coaching staff. So we'll just see. We'll see for me. I'm Again, I, I don't think he's even – I don't know. Maybe he's not. I don't even know if he's guaranteed to be the starter in 2019. Yeah, I I love him too. You know I do, Dan. I just I, I kind of feel the same about Ryan. New coaching staff. What are they going to do with him? Are they going to see him as just a small guy, or are they going to look at the tape and, and and show and show that he's the most explosive running back on the roster? I just don't know. Um, the other concern I had about him is just more of a, a pass catching from a pass catching standpoint. I feel like he should be able to do more than he did, but that's again, is going to be rely on the coaching staff wanting him to throw the ball. And it didn't seem like the last one did uh, 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 too much. So, and I don't know why that is. So that's, that's one of the questions, I guess the reason why I structured my tier three this way with these four guys, five guys, if I was going to include DJ here was with, with cook, Connor bell and Aaron Jones are guys that I still feel are very safe. And the ones that I left off, including Lindsay, including carry on Johnson, including Darius guys and Sony Michelle, uh, I just don't feel as safe about carry on. We've got the injury history, Sony Michelle, New England running backs, Darius Geis, setbacks with the leg. That It seems like that's going to be okay now. Maybe that was a little bit overblown. He doesn't have a quarterback. It looks like they're going to move around, move on from Alex Smith, so who's going to be the quarterback there? The offensive line wasn't so good. I just I love Garrett, Darius Geis. I just don't know what that team is going to be and if they'll be able to support him as a, as a you know, top 15 to 20 running it, back. It sounds preposterous to me that somebody could could not see Philip Lindsay in the same light as Aaron Jones. I mean, they're so similar. They're obviously the most explosive tailback on their team. They had a coaching change. They, they had injuries to end the season. There, there's a lot of similarities between Lindsay and Aaron Jones. So to hear some of those things, it feels a little bit like Aaron Jones should drop down with him. Now, he's a little bigger guy, so I get what Ryan said about, about the size factor and, and how maybe Jones can can hold up a little bit better than Lindsey can. Uh, but both players seem so similar that, that that's why I have them side-by-side side in my rankings, and, and I have them both as high-end running back twos. Well, you guys know we were we were all doing a little bit of last minute rankings adjustments before, right. <laughs> uh, b- before we went live here. And, and I had actually moved Lindsay from my tier three down to my tier four. So, uh, if, if we are trying to come to a consensus, I would be, uh, you know, I wouldn't argue too much with having him in this group that we're talking about. That's fine. I, you know, I love Lindsay. I will, I'll move him up there. Um, I still think there's a little bit more questions about him for Jones. You're, you're, you make all good points, Dan, and I don't really have anything to refute them. Like all, The situation seems similar. Uh, I just feel like maybe it's a Packers homerism. I think the Packers are going to be a much better team, and I like the running back with, with, with Aaron Rodgers a lot more than I like the running back with Case Keenum and all that. But I, I can move him up there. Uh, what do we want to do about <laughs> – I mean, I know what you guys want to do, I guess. But what are we going to do about on Johnson, Sony Michelle, and Darius Geis, all three other guys that are – in your tier three and are in my tier four. Well, I guess tell, tell us about the differences you see in those guys. I, to me, this whole conversation starting with the, the top tier of five has just become a matter of how confident are we in these backs? So with the top five, full confidence, start them every week, their first round picks in a, in a startup draft, trade multiple first rounders for them if you can. And, and that has tiered down now that we're in this tier, 
Connor, Cook, Bell, Jones, Carryon Johnson. Uh, this this is my group: Geis, Michelle, Fournette, and Kareem Hunt. There's some there's some pretty serious questions about all of those guys, but they all have also uh, shown at least glimpses of uh, being that every week starter, that guy we can rely on. So, I guess what difference do you see between, let's say, an Aaron Jones and a Carryon Johnson? I guess I just don't see the same upside with with those guys like carry on we I, I, well I guess it's going to depend now it looks like theoretic's going to move on so maybe we've 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 uh, got rid of that pass catching blockade um so and, and if Dan Patricia he makes him the guy then I guess I don't have too much of an argument with carry on in fact he's the one guy I think I can move up easy he's pretty easily so I, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that but with Geis and Michelle I guess I don't see that because there's so many other running backs involved in in uh in new england and then guys the 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 reasons i talked about before that team just looks like it's going to be really bad and if he's going to be a back that isn't going to catch a lot of passes because of chris thompson returning to form which chris Thompson played pretty well in the beginning of the season again while he was healthy which has always been a concern for chris johnson if darius guys is just a two down back for a bad team with no quarterback and no offensive line then i mean no matter how good he is i just don't see him being somebody i want to start every single week so I'll move carry on up. I don't know if I can move. Yeah, back, I, and and I see. I, I guess I could. I, I can kind of see that line between carry on Johnson and Geis. We there's certainly a lot of unknowns with Geis and, and the quarterback situation in Washington that you mentioned there certainly is a factor and something that we should be thinking about. In fact, the more I kind of look at my tier uh, as we go down through Connor and Lindsey and Aaron Jones and carry on Johnson, who who I think are locks for this tier. That next group is Geis, Michelle, and Fournette. And if you want to lump those guys together, it feels like those guys are all two-down tailbacks. They're not going to be a lot of a lot of caught passes among those three. But all of them have very bright shoot uh, futures, especially between the tackles as running backs. So I don't mind quite as much there being a little bit of space between that group of, of Aaron Jones and, and Carrion Johnson and then the group of Geis and Michelle and, and Fournette. Uh, I could actually see a teardrop between that, but and we'll get to it here. I, I think that creates a massive tier four. I have an offer for you. Guys. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I've moved. <laughs> I've moved Philip Lindsay and Carrion Johnson up to tier to tier three. Um, and I'll move Leonard Fournette from my tier six up to tier four. If you guys can drop Leonard Fournette down to tier four. I'm good with that. I, I can do that. In fact, I think I really do feel like if you're going to move Fournette down, you can move Geis and Michelle with them. It That's, feels that like was my next, that was my next proposal. I wanted to get Fournette out of the way uh, and carry on out of the way first, but I still have Michelle and Geis in four. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they belong in that same group, like you just said, uh, more poetically than I did, Dan, with Fournette. So I guess Ryan is the holdout here. Are you? How do you feel about putting Geis and, and Michelle down in that tier four with, with Fournette? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I, I do think it's fair. Uh, my personal tier three is uh, I think I have nine guys in there, but it, it's definitely fair to see a little bit of separation between – those guys who have kind of proven that they're not going to be involved as pass catchers. All right. So with that, I'm going to say our consensus tier three is Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, 
Philip Lindsay, and Carrion Johnson. And that brings us to our tier four guys who we've moved around a little bit. So uh, the current tier four I have, based on some movement we had, is Leonard Fournette, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, Devonta Freeman, and Kareem Hunt. Any arguments there, Dan? No, these guys seem like a, a relatively obvious group. Like I said before, it really feels to me like with the movement that we've done, that creates a, a little bit bigger tier to me. It seems like you could make the uh, argument that Devonta Freeman uh, deserves to be in this tier and, and Ingram and, and Marlon Mack maybe even. Obviously, you mentioned Hunt, uh, Tariq Cohen. It seems to me like this this tier could grow a little bit. Maybe we can find a, a, some similarities uh, among these players like we did with those uh, non-pass catching between the tackles tailbacks out of tier three, moving down to tier four. But to me, just looking at it right now, it feels like this, this tier could be as many as eight or nine players even. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. I think the the five players that Matt mentioned – Fournette, Michelle, Geis, Freeman, and Hunt are are pretty clearly separated from from some of those others that you talked about. Uh, I mean, I love Tariq Cohen, but he is he he's still essentially a backup or situational uh, running back. Uh, same with you know some of the others. I, I forget all the names you said there. Ingram, we're not even sure where he's going to play next year. Uh, Marlon Mack. Really, I was impressed by Marlon Mack this year overall when when he was fully healthy. But there is at least a little looming concern that Bell lands there or, or they make a move uh, in that backfield. So to me, it's these five and then the next tier of essentially all the guys you mentioned. Yeah, I, I feel really strong about this five compared to the, the next next five. My tier five would be Coleman, Cohen, Mack, McKinnon, and Ingram. And to me, it feels like the five we have in four with Fournette, Michelle, Geis, Freeman, and Hunt are, are, are cut above those. Uh, like you said, with Cohen, still a part-time player. Mack, what's going to happen there? McKinnon, uh, for me there, you know, I, I'm excited about what the potential that he can do in San Francisco at the healthy running back, just based on what we saw Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson and these other guys do in that offense. Uh, but still enough of a question mark there to put him below uh, that next set for me, Dan. So some other guys that you have in that tier four that we haven't talked about is uh, Jordan Howard. You're going you're gonna to have to really convince how, uh, both Ryan and I to, to get him up there. Tell us about that one. Yeah, he he wasn't a guy that I mentioned when we just when, we, when I just mentioned the guys that might fit in among them. Since we stretched things out a little bit, uh, I obviously I feel like Cohen's a, a tick above him. I felt like Ingram was Freeman, obviously as well. So so I, I don't have too hard a time getting on board with what you're talking about with these five guys. Obviously, Howard belongs in the next group because we've stretched things out. Um, and and the other names that you mentioned for the next tier do feel maybe a step behind or, or a half a step behind this group for sure. So I, I guess I'm okay with adjusting what I originally came in with because we've stretched it out so much. So are we all comfortable then with those, those five I listed originally, Fournette, Michelle, Geis, Freeman, and Hunt in Tier 4, and then moving on to Tier 5? Who is the next? Who's the closest guy of the next group to being in Tier 4, though? I think I think it depends on landing spot for Tevin Coleman. If he lands in a really good spot, I could see 
bumping him up there. And then I guess my next guy would be Mac if nothing bad happens to his situation. Yeah, and Ingram, if he lands in a prime spot, seems like seems like that's natural. Ryan, I know you're a little lower on Ingram, maybe age. Yeah, age uh, and, and uncertainty about his future. Uh, I think at this point, I almost prefer that he stay with the Saints uh, right. as as far as his fantasy value, which uh, we've seen that it, it has kind of dropped over the past year or two. Going back to your question, who would be the next guy that I, I might consider bumping? I can't even find an answer, and, and that's kind of why I feel so locked in on, on those five that we put into the fourth tier. See, I, 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 I find it to be the complete opposite. I, I feel like if Ingram lands back with New Orleans, he, he belongs at least pretty close to this tier. And, and I feel like if, if Marlon Mack doesn't get that big name come in in free agency or a top draft pick or anything, he feels like a guy I was really confident putting in my lineup late in the season. Tariq Cohen, uh, while he's still sharing carries, maybe there's a, a gap between them. Um, even Derrick Henry, because of his late season uh, surge, I guess, feels like he's not that far behind. I, I can get on board with a tear break here, but I think there's a, a group of guys that aren't that far away to to getting at least close to the same status that we feel about guys like Devonta Freeman. Yeah, Henry would be the guy for me if I if I had to choose one. But I guess this kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of uh, our last episode with when we began this exercise, when I'm when I'm making these rankings, I feel like I take so much, so many different pieces and situations into account. Sometimes it's a, a draft situation. Sometimes it's uh, kind of viewing it as a one for one trade. And I just can't imagine even considering a trade of Sony Michelle for Marlon Mack or or yeah. you know Derek Henry or Tariq Cohen. It, if I got that, honestly, I would I would just laugh at that offer. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. Good point. I'm, I'm on board. There's definitely a tear break. I I can see where you're coming from with Ingram, Dan, a little bit. Like if he lands, like if he landed in Baltimore, I'd be pretty excited about that. You know. Sure. I think him him paired with with uh, with Lamar Jackson and 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 obviously what we've seen from. Alex Collins and, and these other guys in, in, in Baltimore have not really been that impressive. But even with Lamar Jackson, I mean, he made Gus Edwards the thing. So if we can get a real running back in there, I think that has potential to be fun. Um, and then, yeah, I, I agree with Ryan, too, about the age on Ingram. But I think we do have to remember that he has a lot less wear on his tires, uh, so to speak, uh, than, than most 29-year-old running backs have. You know, he's never had a season more than 230 carries. He's only had – he only has three carries with – sorry, three seasons with, with, with more than 200 carries. So I think he's got a little bit more left in the tank than your typical 29-year-old. Uh, but I do agree New Orleans is, is probably, if not the, not the very top spot, one of the best ones there. So You know, I also feel like if, if Jarek McKinnon was signing with the 49ers today – and didn't have the injury, I feel like most dynasty owners would place him in this group as well. Yeah, I could see that. And I, we're, I think we're going to find that out if he's, if he's healthy. I think he, he's, he's a likely candidate that could, could jump up there for sure. sure. Um, but we've got, we've got 20 running backs into tiers, you guys, for the first four. So we need, we need four more running backs to throw in tier five. So from this group that we've thrown out here, we've got to pick four. We've, we've got Coleman, Cohen, Mac, McKinnon, Ingram, Henry, uh, and you have White and 
you have White over there too, White and Howard over there too, Dan. Uh, and I have Howard and Penny kind of on the outside looking in. So uh, who can we agree that definitely belongs in this, in this tier five? Is there anyone that you guys can, can, can pinpoint as someone you, you really believe should be there? Let me, before we get into that, let me throw one sure. more name into the mix. And this is not a guy that I don't think any of us have in our top 24, uh, Damian Williams. Hmm. Uh, no, no. <laughs> what, ha- what has to happen for us to consider him? I mean, again. Oh, he, he, he's a top 24 back if they don't add anybody. He immediately jumps way up. But what's the realistic chances that they wouldn't at least make a mid-round selection in the draft at the position? I, I think that's what it comes down to. And immediately dynasty owners get smitten with that guy, whoever lands in Kansas City. They're going to add someone because they're going to lose Spencer Ware. So they're obviously going to make some type of move. And, of course, the the level of uh, commitment they give to that player, whether it's a free agent contract or um, a second-round pick versus a fifth-round pick, will really tell us all we need to know. But I don't think we should be so quick to dismiss this. Uh, I, I mean – I, I kind of th- think of him and think, oh, he's just a, a veteran place filler. But he's only, I think he's only 26, so he's not that old. He's probably about the same age as Tevin Coleman, uh, who, who, we're, ha- who we have in this conversation. To, to me, he's not far off the value of these other guys that, that we're putting in this tier. Yeah, not, maybe not far off, but I don't think he's the top of this tier, which is what what we're trying to build right away. I, I think there's the potential. And like you said, in the middle of this off season, as soon as the draft comes and free agency is kind of unwound a little bit, we'll know based on exactly what you said. I, I really do think if it's a third or fourth round draft pick, even if it's just that the dynasty community will immediately cling onto that player way more than Williams, which could in turn create a buying window uh, because the, Williams may become really cheap. So it's something for us to keep our eye on, for sure. Going back to what Matt asked right away, I think the guy that that belongs at the top of this tier is probably McKinnon for the reasons that I mentioned before. It feels to me like if that injury never happened, he would be the guy that that would be most likely to jump into Tier 4. So um, that seems like the obvious choice. I really like Marlon Mack still, despite those question marks surrounding him mark ingram belongs in it as well for all the all the reasons we mentioned before and then matt you mentioned rashad penny and both of us have have been a little bit down on penny in the past but i watched a lot of penny over the last month or so went back and watched a lot of his carries and he really looked good as a rookie and was outshined by chris carson but a lot of the things that i was concerned about with penny coming out of college he he didn't show those same things in his first year in, in limited duty and things. So while I think there's a lot of dynasty owners out there that feel like Penny was a disappointment maybe as a rookie because we, we spent such high draft picks on him. I actually think he was a little bit of a, a surprise and, and uh, maybe outperformed what I kind of expected in limited touches. And I wouldn't be surprised if, by the 1st of September, we're talking about him being one of the biggest jumps of the offseason if he has a, a big training camp and, and maybe Chris Carson doesn't. I mean, I mean, do you think Chris Carson's going away? I don't think he's necessarily going away, but would it be surprising if 
suddenly Penny was in a 50-50 split or even had a had a 60-40 uh, edge on him, and that might be enough to get in the in the fringe top 24 conversation. Yeah, We're obviously not talking about Chris Carson here in the top 24. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's a blind spot. I don't know. I, I currently have Carson at 43 overall, and I have uh, Rashad Penny at 28. Um, I think there's a definite line there. I, I feel very strongly that the guys above him, just above him, are, are definitely above him. And the guys sure. just behind him, like like James White and Royce Freeman and these other guys are, are definitely below him. But, yeah, I can see him jumping up there. Um, I didn't really comment on Damian Williams, but I'll do that real quick. I, I, I don't know. I just I can't get behind people paying a late first-round pick for him. I don't think I'd even pay a late or, or an early second for him at this point. Mid to late, maybe. Uh, just based on you know the the lottery ticket you could get if they don't bring in someone to directly compete with them. If they bring in just a backup, then then sure all systems go for him. But for a guy who's going to be 27 when the 2019 season starts, that has never done it again. Uh, I, sorry, never done it before. I just I don't. It's, it's it may be a complete blind spot me for me, Ryan. You might rewrite that his value is up there. I just can't ever see myself paying for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> I, I don't think I'm paying a late first for any of these guys. So no. Yeah, in no, fact, no. I'm taking it. I'm taking an early second for this this tier. It feels so, like so. So here's here's my proposal, and I think there's one player that we might have to try to force in here, um, depending on how Ryan feels. But my four, I think my last four for the top twenty four are going to be McKinnon, Coleman, Cohen, and Mac. I'm, I'm okay moving Ingram out of there based on age and unknown situation. But Derrick Henry, Ryan, is, is the one that I'm not sure about. Like, I, I, I know that I don't want him, and if I have him and I can sell him for based on what he did at the end of the season, I'm, I'm getting out. Uh, but maybe he does fit with these four. Yeah, it feels, it feels kind of dirty to, to go to bat for <laughs> Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, he's, he's not a player that I've ever really liked, but you have to be impressed by the way he ended the season. I think Deion Lewis could actually be cut, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think this this could finally be Derrick Henry's backfield. We'll see what kind of moves they they make. But again, we're kind of splitting hairs. I mean, I have I have Henry, Cohen, Coleman, Mack, and McKinnon all in the same tier. So whether we want to push it to twenty five backs instead of twenty four, <laughs> or maybe we cheat a little bit there. Yeah, I don't have a yep. problem with expanding it a little bit. I, I think Ingram still belongs in the tier, not necessarily the top 24. And, and I think if we're going to do that, then Henry belongs in the tier, just not the top 24 as well. Uh, Ryan may push back on Ingram a little bit, but those two seem very similar to me. Uh, the only difference being a couple of years of age. I think I do think you can argue that Henry is maybe... Uh, is potentially, we don't know right now, but is potentially in the best situation of any of these five guys. You know, Jarek McKinnon, he, Mac Breedy could come back and do stuff, and they could, or they could add somebody else. Tevin Coleman, we don't know where he's going to land. Cohen, uh, we like his PPR upside, but, you know, the, the, it, it's maddening week to week to play that guy. Marlon Back, uh, it seems like he has a lock on that situation, but I don't think he has enough of a lock that, it's, that, it's, that he's going to be the guy in 2019 100% right now. Whereas Derrick Henry, like Ryan said, if Deion Lewis gets cut, then maybe it is completely his backfield. And say what you will about the offense there in, in, in Tennessee and having to bring in another offensive coordinator and another new system for Mariota, trying to make that work. But if he has all of those touches to himself, then you know he's a volume play guy, and I, I feel pretty similar to would feel pretty similar to him as I would Fournette at that point. Bad team, uh, but a backfield all to his own, you know. So, 
May, I, I'm fine expanding it to 25 here and throwing Henry in that group. Looking at these tier five guys that we that we're going round and round with Henry Cohen, Coleman, Mac McKinnon, and, and even Mark Ingram. Are any of these guys considered buys right now? Or are we going out and trying to get these guys on our roster? I think I'd buy McKinnon. I think I'd buy Cohen, too, if the price was right. Maybe it's the age. I, or I think Cohen is – I think he's valued – like, trade-wise, I think he's valued way higher than this. Am I wrong about that? Well, if, if that's the case, then no, I'm not buying, <laughs> buying Tariq I think Cohen. He's definitely, I think people are definitely paying late first for Tariq Cohen. Maybe even a little higher than that. Then I'm selling yeah. Tariq Cohen. Uh, <laughs> uh, but nobody's think, offered I, me a late first for Tariq Cohen in the four or five spots I have. <laughs> <laughs> we should break up the trade finder real quick. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's McKinnon is the only buy potential buy for me, Ryan. How about you? What's the price tag there though? Where, where's the line for what you're paying for McKinnon? I pay an early. I pay an early early second for McKinnon. I, I just can't. I can't him? imagine anybody selling that for that. Honestly, you're I mean, probably right. It means I'm not going to get him. Yeah, if you held him through this injury, now's the time his value is going to start climbing up. We're we're yeah. seeing that reflected in in ADP uh, as it pretty much always happens with with those injured players. Yeah, really. I think with all of these guys, their price is going to be higher than we're comfortable paying in general. He's. They seem like those guys that Nathan Powell talks about a lot, you know, worth less than a first, but more than a second. So, so maybe like an early, an early second and a late second, I could, I could maybe send that for McKinnon. I, I think I'd probably still do that. You know, I, when you asked the question, I went up to tier four and I know that's going back on our timeline a little bit, but I'm not sure if I'm paying the price for any of those running backs either. Well, and, and that all goes back to the uncertainty level that I talked about, right. Uh, that, the the deeper we go down this list, the more questions there are, the more uncertainty there is, whether it's injury or what team will they be playing for next year or a coaching change or um, maybe even in some cases their role on the team. Will they even be their team starter? So it's it's just a tough time to acquire running backs. You almost have to pick out your favorites, and, and maybe that makes guys like Rashad Penny the best buys right now because their price has dropped. Uh, but but they certainly still have that upside. Uh, I'm not not quite as sure with the other two uh, disappointments, Freeman and Ronald Jones, but Penny might just be the best buy there is right now, other than yeah, Kareem I, Hunt. Kareem Hunt, the number one, no doubt. Yeah, I think what I've learned through this exercise is that there's about 20 to 23 running backs that I, I want, and I don't really want <laughs> if want any of the other ones, so... Uh, good exercise for me, you guys. Uh, let's just run through them real quick before we wrap up. Uh, uh, tier one, pretty easy. Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott. Tier two, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and David Johnson. Tier three, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, Carrion Johnson. Tier four, Leonard Fournette, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, Devonta Freeman, Kareem Hunt. Tier five, Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, and Derek Henry. Uh, any of these guys, last call, guys, this is our consensus rank. Any of these that you that you need to get out of here, or you feel pretty good? I think it's a pretty solid list. Yeah, I think we talked through all the major issues. And, you know, what Ryan said there is, like, Hunt being the buy. I, I feel about Hunt a little bit the way I do about Le'Veon Bell, and we decided he was in a tier above. 
So, you know, I know he's got a lot of stuff to work through, too, and have a lot of question marks surrounding him. But because there's that big break between Tier 3 and Tier 4 and, and maybe Hunt's at the bottom of that tier because of all those off-the-field issues, that does create a buying window. So I like what we did here. I think uh, I think we're going to get some feedback on it for sure. There's going to be listeners out there that are, are screaming at their radios saying, what? Sony <laughs> Michelle in Tier 4? He scored five touchdowns over the last couple weeks. So uh, if, you, if you like it or hate it, let us know, I guess. You, you know who else scored a lot of points for the Patriots in one or two games? That's Jonas Gray with four touchdowns. So Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, no, I feel really good about Put it in the books. Matt Price says Sony Michelle is is an eagle to Jonas Gray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but just to, to wrap up with Hunt there, I, I agree, Dan. If he lives in a good spot, like we've seen that the Eagles have been showing interest and some other teams. Like if he lands in, uh, for say, for the Eagles, for example, I think I would bump him all the way up to like running back 12 just behind James Conner. So, right. uh, yeah, I think I think he stands a, a very good chance at at uh, increasing value. Ryan, what 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 are you going to pay for Kareem Hunt? Do you think you can get him for a late first at this point, or are you going to pay more than that? Uh, I hope so. That I think that's the the ideal that's starting offer. Line. Yeah, that's about my line. I think I don't. I think I could probably go up to like. 109 maybe but i don't i don't want to jump into that mid first range really so uh go out guys try to buy kareem hunt for for a late first if you won the championship see if you can go buy hunt and, and restock your backfield uh last question before we get out of here uh, same as last week uh anyone below here other than rashad penny which we kind of talked about that you can see jumping into this top 25 uh, uh you know in the near future I'm going to cheat. I'm going to pick a guy we did talk about, but we didn't put in our top 25. I'm going back to Damian Williams. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really, uh, really have, have been impressed with the way he ended the season. I don't know how you could watch Chiefs games and, and not be impressed. And we can say that's all due to the Chiefs offense and, and, and whatever, but that's the situation he's in. So we can't, can't and shouldn't ignore that. Uh, they signed him to a contract extension after basically two games. I think that really speaks volumes. And I think he cracks the top 25 by midseason when we see that they're not making significant moves. Mid-offseason, I should say. Yeah, and, you know, with the exception of Penny, who we talked about, and even Ingram, because we, we ended up lefting, leaving him out, I'm going to go with the complete opposite and maybe give a non-answer, I guess, and say none. Uh, because these... <laughs> These rookies are coming, and man, they're, they're, there's going to be four or five of these guys, at least three of these guys, that are immediately going to jump out. And the next group is just so gross that that there there isn't enough there. I, I, you know, you consider some of the names like Kenyon Drake and Royce Freeman and Naheem Hines, and these guys are going to be overshadowed immediately. So I, I go back to what you guys said right at the end there when we were talking about Tier 5. I don't know if we want to buy any of these guys because they're all moving down here in a month or two. And I, I'm really thinking the, that selling this tier, these lower tiers and anything below it, with the exception of those couple guys we talked about, is probably the way to go for Dynasty owners. Well, since both Ryan and Dan copped out a little bit there, I'll give you, I'll give you two answers that I like just to, uh, just to make up for, for their bad answers. <laughs> number, one, Dan, Dan, <laughs> number one, Dan spoiled it a little bit. Naheem Hines, uh, you know, if Marlon Mack doesn't work out, I think Naheem Hines is going to remain no matter what happens and is going to be the primary pass catching back in that offense. And we've seen what guys in that kind of role – uh, like James White can do. They can go on a hot streak and, and score a lot of points for us in a, in a shorter period of time. So I kind of like that as a buy. You know, if Le'Veon Bell 
or one of these other bigger backs land there, then probably not going to have enough volume to do that. But I like him as a buy right now, somebody really not on, on really many people's radar right now. If you can go out and get him for a late second, early third round, uh, I'd be okay with that. And another another dark horse, I think, uh, you know, if the, if the Redskins are as bad as we think they are, and it's a big if, if, a big if, if Chris Thompson can stay healthy, then I think that he has potential to, to really catch a lot of passes in that offense, a lot of dump-offs because they can't really move the ball any other way. No wide receivers, no offensive line, no quarterback. But pretty much NFL, any NFL quarterback can throw the running back, I think. And uh, Chris Thompson was the, while he was healthy at the beginning of the season, finished as like the running back 15, I think, in that period of time. So I can see just based on a production standpoint of him jumping up there. So if you can get him super cheap for a third-round pick or later, then I'd be okay with that, uh, investing at that, at that price. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this week on the DLF Dynasty podcast for Ryan at RyanMC23, for Dan at DMiler22, and myself, Matt Price at MattPriceFF. Uh, have a good week, guys. It's the Super Bowl coming up. So uh, have a good Super Bowl weekend. Uh, share us your stories. Tell us how you hate our tiers and, and what, what players we missed on. And we will talk to you after the Super Bowl. <laughs>